Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss, a Facebook group called the Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses. And this podcast, where every Tuesday, a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robker.co.uk. So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Project Future podcast. Before introducing my guest this week, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's got in touch about my new project review service that I introduced last week. I'm really excited about it. I think that for a relatively small outlay, it can help organisations in all categories deliver better projects allowing them to make a greater impact. If you'd like to find out more and think this could be right for you or an organisation you're affiliated with, send me an email to rob at robcur.co.uk and we can arrange a call. On this week's episode, I speak with Zeenat Narani, who's a wellbeing and mental health therapist, coach, author and radio presenter. Zeenat's mission is helping you achieve the life you desire helping you find and forge your path. In this conversation, she explains how a career change went wrong, how she sought to solve a problem she experienced herself, why well-being and mental health awareness should be more than a tick box exercise, how showing weakness can be empowering, why you should seek support before hitting rock bottom, how making things better starts with your own self-awareness, why mindset is key, why we're all on a learning journey, the balance between accountability and ownership, how you can get and maintain a six-pack, what makes a strong business partnership, and finally her vision for well-being and mental health as part of the school curriculum. Zenith's best advice is to make sure you're passionate about what you do. Let's have a listen. Hi, Zena. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rob. Now, I'm delighted that you're here today, and I'm really excited to learn about your journey because it seems as though you've done a huge amount and have a huge amount going on right now. So I wonder if you can start by telling us a bit about your background. My background? Oh, my goodness. Uh, where to start? Well, um, so I did most of my schooling, grew up in the Middle East in Dubai. And whilst I was there, I'm very much passionate about sports. Um, I've always, always been into the creative side of things uh long story short it kind of it led me down to uh towards skating ice skating and eventually I became a professional figure skater I performed in a lot of shows traveled the world which was absolutely amazing you know all the glitz and the glam but of course it has its challenges but you know overall it you know it was such an amazing career that I had and then after that I decided to um, change career line which wasn't easy um, transitioning to become a primary teacher 
So you can imagine from all this glitz and glam and physical sort of work, the tables were changed completely. And it took a while for me to actually, you know, adjust to the change because I was Zenat the figure skater. That's all I knew, eat, breathe, sleep, skating. Uh, So, yeah, I became a primary teacher and I worked in that field for a while. So in 2010, I qualified and up until 2017, I worked in the primary sector. Unfortunately, that didn't turn out as I had expected. And I had, you know, a huge burnout, mental stress, anxiety. And, it, you know, it's it's a very long story. And I don't think we've got enough time to go into that. But it kind of boiled down to the way staff are looked after, the support that you get from leadership, and how, how you're actually supported when you're struggling with mental health and well-being so anyway that led me down to taking some time off work and then eventually when I was to go back to work I was unable to go I just would get these panic attacks returning back to work and I decided to resign right there and then it was like I've had enough and what you know while I was doing my recovery I was doing CBT uh, therapy counseling I I was reaching out to any sort of tools that would help me because I knew that I didn't want to be the way I was and I was losing the bubbly me. You know when you just know something's not right and then people around you tell you, Zena, you're not yourself anymore. Now, you know, generally I'm a very, very resilient person as well because, you know, from my career from skating all the way through and I was like, you know, something just hit me and already I was doing some coaching in NLP already within schools uh, while I was teaching in the in the primary school I was at but I never really had the opportunity to immerse in it I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed it till actually I left and took it up as my full-time job as self-employment and that's what led to where I am now you know my aim was to support leadership teachers children and then parents in that order because I know so well how much support teachers and leadership need in order to implement you know the mental health and well-being of staff and the consistency and not just have this tick box exercise which happens in a lot of uh, schools it happens in a lot of um, businesses as well as we know in corporate companies oh you know it's part of one of the boxes we need to tick let's tick it okay we've done and dusted um, so that was my part of bringing something in that I'm very, very passionate about. But getting into schools is very, very challenging as well. So I, you know, as I was growing in my own business, I also saw a need to continue to help leaders and their staff by targeting businesses. But that's not to say okay. don't target individuals. So we'll, we'll come on to that in a moment. Mm. But I see how going through that as you as you've spoken so candidly there that you you saw a problem you experienced a problem yourself Mm -hmm. and then you've taken that on board and have looked to solve that problem effectively so you were you were at the coalface as it were you know you were you you felt the problem that was there in in that profession in that capacity Mm -hmm. and have then you know switched it on its head effectively seen some of the solutions and then you've looked to to channel that solution for a, a wide audience. I, I, I just think for for the listeners, I think that's it's a wonderful point. And 
and it can be very easy to easy to miss you know mm. and but to change to turn a problem into an opportunity in the way that you did to to help others um i think it's a wonderful thing absolutely um do you know what when i went through that the one thing that went through my head was i will never ever let anyone control my thoughts my feelings and my actions because it felt like I'd lost complete control when I was there. And that's why I hit rock bottom. Because as, you know, as teachers, we feel that we have to re- be resilient. We have to keep going and keep going and not show that weakness. And I learned very quickly, actually, showing your weakness is actually more empowering. And, yeah, absolutely. you know, I think it was the best decision I ever made and I didn't like the person I was becoming I could see it but for a long time you know it happens a lot with us we kind of brush it all under the carpet don't we when something's happening no it's fine it's fine I can still do it I can get on with it but I you know even now I always say to people why wait till you hit rock bottom you know because I've been there I hit rock bottom and it wasn't great I wish I'd had the tools earlier to help me through all of this. Absolutely. And was it a natural thing for you? You know, when you were going through that and learning more about NLP and mm-hmm. and taking on board some of the solutions, did it come to you one day that, you know, this is going to be the solution for me, this is what I want to, to do going forwards? Um, or, or did it take a bit of time to find that solution? No, while I was doing NLP, before I hit rock bottom and the coaching, I actually went into initially for my own excuse me my own self-development okay and then also because I'd heard how it can support others so initially the first option was my own self-development and then to support and help others Uh, because I used to see a lot of issues within the classroom with children and I thought you know this would be fantastic if children just had these tools and as teachers as well to manage others in that sense but I never really understood it, how powerful it was, until I actually went into it myself through my own therapy and recovery and then running my business. Yeah. So what would you say are the keys to improving, succeeding, however you'd like to say it? You know, what, what are the keys to making things better day on day? Gosh, there's loads there. I mean, fundamentally... It starts with yourself. And I believe that you have to become self-aware, self-aware of your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And then the self-awareness of others, because we can always control ourselves. We're in control of ourselves in all of those um, elements, but we are not in control of the outside world and control of other people's thoughts feelings and emotions and actions so fundamentally for me it's really developing and knowing who you are what your triggers are and how you can use them to your strength rather than letting them set you back if that makes sense yeah it does it absolutely does and in terms of you know kind of the mindset side Mm. of things i think i think it can be it can be such a challenge you know i i talk about mindset in in project future that you know you have to get out of the employee mindset effectively Mm. before being ready to start a business you know and I can imagine that mindset comes into it quite heavily 
oh, here in the, work that, in the work that you do? Absolutely, absolutely. Mindset is key. So, you know, as we know, we are born um, as an empty canvas. We have no belief systems, no values, no worth at the time. But as we grow, we start to get, uh, you know, this is a topic that we can talk about for hours on end. But, you know, we absorb all this information as a baby from the outside and it embeds into our subconscious mind, which, you know, we then build on these belief systems and we get this self-image and our worth from it. And some of it's brilliant because it drives us forward. Other time it can hinder you from moving forward. And if you're not aware of that, that's where the problems start to arise because then it becomes that habit that's formed and then you have to learn how to break that. And again, that's another way that you can break old habits and you can build new belief systems so that they serve you because you might have a belief system which you grew up with and it would have served you then, but maybe you're doing a new project or you're in a new relationship and actually that belief system may not work, be working right then. So it's always great to be self-aware. You know what, do I need to check in with my beliefs? Is it actually serving me and working in the right way? And that's really important. But also, you know, mindset is also, you know, it works on your self-image. And what I mean by self-image is what you, how you feel more internally. Of course, externally, there's that self-image, but I'm talking about your real self-image inside, who you are as a person, really knowing that and understanding it. And then also your attitude. So what's your attitude towards things in life, growth, business, um, caring, um, respecting others? It's fundamental self-image and attitude and your subconscious generally you know Bob Proctor talks about the paradigm shift if you've ever heard of him or any of the listeners out there he's absolutely fantastic because he talks about this whole shift of the paradigm where your subconscious is and how you can remove it set the new one so that your thoughts because you're supposed to feel the emotions first then you think about it, so you develop those thoughts around it, which then produces the results that you want. And it's a bit like NLP, really. Yeah, I love it. And I think it's so important. And uh, as you say, it's the, the self-awareness that comes with that and, mm. and checking in, you know, checking in and understanding why we do things and not being on autopilot all the time. You know, I, I think it's such an important thing. And some, something I need to learn more about myself, <laughs> so, because I'm, I'm certainly not there. <laughs> well, it takes practice. We're all on a journey, and that's the important thing to remember. There is no end to our journey. The only time it's going to end, unfortunately, is when we pass away. Yeah. But, you know, what are we going to leave behind all those experiences, those memories for other people? And you're, you're absolutely right. Mindset is... Yes, you have. You can adapt. Sorry, learn new tools and strategies, and you can learn resilience. But it's also knowing when to use them, when it's right, and not thinking, "Hang on a minute, I've got this tool, but why isn't it working for this?" Because every situation is different. So therefore, your learning journey has to keep going, and you've got to keep learning new things and tackling things in different ways and looking for alternative perspectives. Yeah, indeed. And you must have great variety because, as you say, it's people can be at different stages of their journey and everyone's journey is different. Mm. So how do the tools or strategies that you employ um, 
vary or is is there a, a kind of set structure you know what, what's an average client journey for you well first of all with all my clients I find out the, the reason they've come to me then I find out how committed they are to make their change because fundamentally they have to be committed to make that change if they're like oh I'm not really sure about this or you know so and so um, sent me here to come to you I will really dig deep to question if this is what they want because you have to believe in the change as well and want to it. So I, I look at those aspects. Then once I've got my clients, I look at their belief system. So limiting beliefs. I look at the self-value, the self-worth, their strengths, their weaknesses. So a general analysis of all of that. Then we focus on a goal or the goal that they wish to focus on. And that is broken down into many, many steps. For me, that is absolutely uh, vital because it allows uh, the clients to see the successes along the way and reward themselves. Um, but I'm very much about holding them accountable, but also they have to take ownership. So I don't hold uh, handhold, <laughs> hold hand, handhold um, all the way through. But what I do have that makes me unique, I'm very um, empathetic. So I absorb a lot of the emotions. And sometimes that can be negative for me because I absorb it. So I need, I kind of need a detox in my head. <laughs> so that's generally what I do with my clients. But of course, as we said, you know, each person is unique. I have a range of tools. And as you know, I, you know, I've got different sort of strategies as well in terms of I do EFT, emotional freedom tapping, NLP, there's a range of tools, there's uh, mindfulness, I do kinetic shift, and I do hypnosis. So depending on what the clients need, I bespoke the sessions with them. And sometimes I might think, you know what, I think you could do with some of that. And then I talk them through, through the benefits of it. Because sometimes what we don't know, we fear, don't we? The unknown. Yeah. Uh, the unknown is always a, a, a fear and until we step in and realise that maybe it wasn't quite as bad as we thought a lot of the time. Yeah, and the unknown can be amazing as well. What you don't know, you don't know. Uh, and the results could be amazing. Yep, certainly can be. It sounds like dinner time in my house, I must say, with my, with my four-year-old. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, you try it and you'll probably love it. <laughs> we, don't eat, we don't eat with our eyes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, so everything you've said there, you know, is, is so much about taking action, isn't it? And, mm. and you know, helping people to, to, to take action. Yes. So how do you see taking action as being a key part of the journey and making sure that it does become a reality, as it were? Well, it becomes reality, I suppose, when we, when we take the action. If we talk about it, you know, we can talk about it till the cows come home. <laughs> you know, sorry about the yeah. analogy, but um, it's <laughs> so true. Um, but, you know, without action, you don't see results. And like we said earlier on, you know, the results, we can expect what the results are. But also, sometimes we can preempt the results, but we really never know. Sometimes with some things, yes, you know exactly, if you do this, you'll get this. Um, and, you know, especially when it's a solid product, okay, and it's tangible. But with things like well-being and mental health, or mental health, it's a journey. And there's no guarantee because it's all, you know, the guarantee is, that you, you will make progress and you will start to feel better. But the, there is no guarantee how long it will take, if that makes sense. It does. You can't put yep. a date on it. So I think 
that's where things become really difficult for people to understand. Now, when you look at people who want to get fit, well, but you know, in the well-being side of things, you know, I say to my clients and many people that you don't get a six-pack overnight. You have to work for it, and it's a, you know, everybody will get their six packs at slightly different times because we're all built differently. We're not all the same. And after you've got your six pack, what do you have to do? You have to maintain it, but it's all action taking. So without taking the steps and actions, you're not going to get there. So that's where I said to you about ownership. They have to take ownership. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I think it's it's so important. And so sometimes that six pack is metaphorical, isn't it, as well? Mm. If, if you're talking about the mental side of things, you can't see it and it, it can be mm. it, it can be so challenging i'm sure for the outside world potentially yeah. to, to see the results apart from you know how it's kind of delivered in in terms of speech or confidence mm-hmm. or um however it may be so it's, it's all very very subtle isn't it but, it but is. huge hugely important and i you know i completely uh, understand it when i was working as a figure skater i had a six-pack i was tones completely I look at myself now and i kind of go oh where's it gone and it does knock you back so where's my six pack now if I want that back yes I can work towards it but I'm gonna have to work twice as hard because I didn't maintain it but I have to take action I I love what you've covered there and how how you've taken us forwards but in in terms of the the business itself I wonder if there was a a breakthrough moment for you whether it be with a with a client uh, with an end client or whether with a a, a academic client was there a moment that you realized that you were onto something here and that people wanted what it was that you had to offer? A breakthrough session would be for me where I had a client who was completely against hypnosis and because of the, I suppose, her belief systems or what she's heard about hypnosis from like the David McKenna or way back where people sit on the couch and you do TikTok, TikTok, and you kind of lose control and they're going to make you uh, moo like a cow or cluck like a chicken, that kind of (laughs) thing. (laughs) But I knew it was the best thing for her because we'd tried other strategies and they were not working for her. And I said, let me just try the hypnosis. And it was to do with trauma. I can't go too much into the detail, but it was very, very traumatic. And she had said to me that she had never, ever cried since this had happened. And I was like, okay. And I said, just trust in me. And it took a good few sessions, actually, before she agreed to it. And then we went, we went through it. And within literally sort of 15 minutes, she was under hypnosis because she thought she wouldn't go under and she was bawling her eyes out, wow. absolutely bawling her eyes out. After that, you know, we went through the process and I brought her out and she had said to me, because you're still aware of what goes on. It's just you're in that moment, right? And she says, I can't believe that I was crying. I, I, she goes, it feels like this whole weight has just been lifted and it 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 was just the wow moment for her and she she never had to come back to me 
it was complete yeah. and she checks in with me every so often to say hey I'm okay how are you you know and that's it oh, how's it going she goes absolutely fantastic it literally changed her life I love that and what a success uh yeah. you know what, what what a success that is now I can imagine people listening going oh wow but you've lost a client uh but at the same time <laughs> uh, I think that's that is such a success and you know for in in my work in, in my M&A work you know, it's it's my job from day one, effectively, to make myself redundant. Mm. And the, the the quicker that they they don't need me to be there anymore, mm. I've done my job effectively. Yeah. And um, it, it sounds like there's certainly parallels with what you've done there. It's the least amount of sessions that someone needs, mm. the quicker you've been able to find the solution. Yeah. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? It was more amazing for me because I had just recently qualified in hypnosis as well at that point. So again, of course, I've got in my head, oh, am I going to be able to do this for her? Yep. And again, it's it's that mindset, it's that self-belief, that confidence. You know, I want to help my client. Yes, I can do this for her. And that is also so important. I, I love it. It's, it's wonderful. And what a great example to, to give as well. And affirmation for you of, of the, the work that you've done. So no, brilliant stuff. Thank you. So separately from that so I know that you you work in a partnership uh, mm-hmm. partly um, so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that and how it is working in a partnership with people who may be considering starting one and, and the, the type of skill sets or the, the the type of relationship that would would work to make a partnership successful mm, yes so I run the people skills course with Chandra Sharma so we have a partnership in that and we came about um, because Chandra had been wanting to, because he's all about um, people, you know, people by people, and he loves people. Anybody who knows him will know that. And he had said something to Piyush, who then said, I know somebody who would fit you, because he was saying, I need somebody who understands the mind, you know, the language, the communication. And Piyush was Bingo, I've got somebody who I can introduce you to. So we connected, and this was through a networking event, and this is where our partnership formed. So Chandra came from the side of knowing businesses, years and years of experience and knowledge about running his own business, working in companies, all of that entailed with ups and downs. I came in from the NLP side, the neuro linguistic programming side. So I had the science to back the evidence up, I guess, and the tools and strategies. So actually, it was a partnership made in heaven. So I believe, you know, when you have a partnership, it's really, really good, depending on what it is to have people who've got their own strengths, unique strengths, right, and understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, where you can also bounce off and pull each other up when needed. Okay, so it's also understanding what they do, but being strong on yours. So yeah, it sounds like you had a great balance there. Mm. And the awareness that you can potentially have in each other's skills, but then not necessarily deliver those skills, I, th- I think is quite a key point. Mm. In some work that I've done with one or two clients, there's that balance. I can't do what they do, but mm. I understand it. And, and vice versa, they see the value hopefully and you know what it is I deliver and the angle that I come at so so yeah I I think to have that combination Mm. uh, will make the product that bit stronger and we we never do things alone we may feel that we we do but 
there's so much more to it, isn't there? And so oh, whether gosh, it's a, form, yeah. a formal partnership like that or something uh, a bit less formal where you're just maybe relying on the odd freelancer to help support, mm. but one by or the other, you know, the, the term like self-made millionaire and things, that it, it's just, it's a fallacy, really. It, mm. it doesn't exist. You know, there's there's always so much more going on behind the scenes. Is, so, yeah. so yeah, I, I love how you've you've made that work and comes from the networking event. Of it course. did, you, yes. You know, and fundamentally with what you're saying is also having understanding for each other and empathy. So, like, we just know when one of us is slightly off by the tone of our voice, and somebody will go, oh, you know, because we're so in tuned. And this is what's really important. It's, again, it goes back to self-awareness of yourself and others. And, you know, often I might say, um, are you okay? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then he's like, are you sure? Uh, it doesn't sound like it. You know, so it's sometimes prodding because sometimes we're afraid to prod more. And that's with anyone. And we shouldn't be afraid to actually say, hang on a minute, are you okay? But also listen to the tone of the voice. And if you're face to face, or when we get back face to face, look at people's body language and see if they're congruent and what they're saying. So partnerships are really, really important in order to just have those right skills that you get on as well. And you know where boundaries are. Boundaries are very important as well. And having an open and honest relationship, a business relationship. So it sounds like you've, you know, in the four years or so since you, you came out of primary education, it sounds like you've been on quite a journey and uh, and uh, helping others to get to a place where where they want to be. So, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to hear. And thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. No, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, you know, as, as you know, I'm absolutely passionate about people, mental health, well-being, just connecting with people. I'm such a people's person. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing and uh yeah more more to it i say <laughs> so so before we finish today there's four questions that i ask every guest on the show mm-hmm. so I, i'd like to know what's the one best piece of advice uh that you'd offer for somebody thinking about starting a business today uh, make sure you are passionate about it first thing is how passionate are you make sure you're passionate passionate about it. know your reasons why why you want to do what you want to do because we all know the how and the when and the where. But when it comes to the why, um, as Simon Sinek says, it is yep. the most fundamental part, knowing the why. Also, just from my experience, I know we talk about um, investment and money, how much money do we have? Um, one thing I didn't do, which I wish I had done, was do a proper solid business plan. Because I think then I would have been able to, I suppose, decide, you know, what things I can manage, what things I couldn't manage, how I would invest, you know, the whole business plan, you know, so much, well, you know how how much there is in that. I wish I had done that because that is fundamental. Also, I believe that, you know, if you can outsource, then outsource because don't do it all by yourself. I've been there, I've done that, and it's draining. And I'm still doing it a little bit, but I've got better and I've got other people doing certain things for me. That is so, so important. And also I've learned through my, starting my own business is don't be afraid to ask. Ask for help. There's no shame in that. 
no, great advice and uh, multifaceted uh, ad advice as well. So thank you for that. And yeah, it's so useful. Uh, I, I think the business plan kind of things, you know, the, the business case angle is the, the, the angle mm. that I go at it really more than the, the business plan. But I, I think, you know, even if you're not looking for investment from a, a bank or other, other types of investment, setting up that business plan understanding why you're looking to do this mm. um, I think I think is so key and it, it doesn't need to be you know hugely tidy it doesn't need to be yeah. uh, spell checks or anything like that oh, no. yeah. it, it just needs to be there um, does, I, I yeah. think so I think it's to, to understand what you're doing and for whom um, I think is yeah. a, a really great point point. and with that I just add one thing because this is who I make sure you have your mental health and well-being in that business plan or that plan or whatever, that vision board, whatever it may be, that has to be priority. How are you going to manage yourself, your mental health and well-being at all points? It's a key part, key part of the picture, isn't it? Yeah. It has to be. We have to look after ourselves. And we often forget. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So thank you. Uh, so what do you know now uh, that you wish you knew back at the start of your journey? I'm going to go a bit further back if that's okay. I wish I yeah, uh, was taught the tools of how to manage your thoughts, feelings, and emotions to become self-aware of yourself. So this is going back to schools, and this is my vision to make sure that it gets into schools. But yes, I wish I'd been taught all of those tools back then because I think, or I believe, the journey would have been slightly different or some of my decisions would have been slightly different. And also my personality. I think I've changed a lot on the way, but it would have been nice if I had had the personality that I have now a little bit earlier on in, my, in the past. <laughs> so it's, it's a great point. And I didn't ask you about your future. So I, I wonder if you want to touch on that now in terms of what your vision is for that and for schools moving forwards. Well, in terms of schools, I think, I would like to see myself working with schools or have people that work for me that then work into schools yeah. to support mental health and well-being as an ongoing part of the curriculum, not an ad hoc, you know, tick box exercise, that it's constantly there. But for the long future, I would love to be able to travel the world, speaking events and sharing the importance of what I know, my journey, mental health and well-being, and delivering that to all people all over the world. Yeah, I love it. And I wish you every success on that Thank journey you. as well. So, so is there a resource uh, that, you'd, that you found really useful? So be it a book, a podcast, a website, a blog, a magazine, any, anything that you would recommend that would help people on, on their journey? Well, I think the first book I ever read was probably Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So <laughs> I, that's the very first book I ever read. And that really helped me a lot because I had a lot of fears. So yep. definitely would recommend that. And also I would, and I still dip in and out of it. And I always get it the wrong way around. I don't know why, because I love it, is The Seven Effective Highly Habits. Seven, seven Habits of Highly Effective, effective people. people. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I would. It's like a tongue twister for me. I can never get it right, <laughs> the right way around. I, I do the same. I, I say itch the scratch rather than scratch the itch. And I actually I actually wrote that in the first draft of my book as well. And mm -hmm. I, I, I had it scribbled up. You know, somebody had, had marked it to mm -hmm. say, you know, you've got this the wrong way around. Mm -hmm. And I still had to look at it three times. You know, so, so, <laughs> so, 
sometimes sometimes that just doesn't it doesn't compute does it no it doesn't no so yeah definitely those two books but um also i would say i refer back to my own book which is just a tiny little book that i published uh, on affirmations and empowering questions so it has all these wonderful affirmations and empowering questions that have supported me on my journey so sometimes i dip into it every so often i even post them on my social media uh, once a week as well excellent what's it called what's your book called begin each day with affirmations and empowering questions brilliant okay thank you uh, some great tips and finally is there a guest that you'd recommend uh, for a future episode of the show oh i've got a, a list longer than my arm if you want someone energetic who has transformed their life and change i would say billy schwer who is world ex-world British boxing champion, European and national. So I had him on my radio show. Amazing person to talk to, very energetic. So I would recommend him because he's got a story and how he's transformed his life to do what he does now is incredible as well. Brilliant. Uh, thank you. Uh, that was a great tip. Yeah, he's got a book called Man Up, though it doesn't mean man up in that sense, by the way. So uh, because I actually questioned him about that. I said, oh, that's yeah. very controversial, the word man up. And he goes, no, no, no. He refers it to boxing because all his tips are around boxing. So he okay. regards it as when he was down, he's now a man up. He's lifted himself up. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So brilliant. Thank you. And and just finally, then, if anybody would like to find out more about you and where would they where would they go and how would they find you? Right. So you can either go directly to my website where you can find lots of information about me and my social media links. It's uh, zenatnarani.com. So my first name, last name dot com. Otherwise, you can find me literally if you put Zenat Narani into um, any of the social medias, I will pop up because it's one of those names that <laughs> picks up very quickly. <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me all under my company name, Vida de la Mariposa. Yeah, and that's a great company name as well. What does it What does it mean? I assume it's Spanish. Is it, in, it is, is it Spanish, Spanish, yes, because yep. I lived there for seven years, so I love Spain. Okay. Um, it means uh, life of a butterfly. So it's all about oh, the transformation. It. And I recognise the butterflies from your emails and things as well. Ooh. So it make, that makes sense now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been it's been brilliant and it's empowering, affirming, I can even say, uh, speaking with you today. So, uh, Zena, thank you so much for your time and candour. Thank you, Rob, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I flagged it during the conversation, but how Zena experienced the problem herself and then sought to solve it is so key to having the empathy with your audience and finding success. Wellbeing and mental health is something that affects all of us in different ways as we manage busy lives, doubts and fears. And what Zenat does is so important because it has the power to save lives and to make people happier. I wish her every success as she hopes to get more visibility of this within schools and on the curriculum. On next week's episode, I speak with social media queen and contributor to Project Future, Sophie Southmaid, on making a social media splash. So subscribe now to be notified of this on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building those amazing businesses that give you satisfaction and balance.